I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. The Texas Border Coalition represents cities and counties along the Texas-Mexico border from El Paso to Brownsville. Steve Taylor spoke to the newly appointed chairman of the Texas Border Coalition, David Stout of El Paso, about a recently published bipartisan white paper on immigration and border management. Here's Steve Taylor with TBC Chairman David Stout. Well, first of all, give me a comment on your appointment as chairman of the Texas Border Coalition. That's that's quite an honor. Yeah, it really is. It really is an honor. El Paso hasn't been a member for a number of years. I think the last time we were a member of the TBC was back in uh, 2008. And, you know, I, I believe the county uh, did some cutting back on, on, on budget and things that were discretionary because of the recession that was going on back then. And so we divested ourselves of, of some of these important groups that we were members of. And I'm glad that that uh, I was approached by the TBC close to a year ago uh, to talk to us about uh, getting getting back in. And so, you know, I was able to get it on the commissioner's court agenda for us to become members again. And, you know, it's uh, it's a great honor. It's a great privilege to, to be able to step in at this at this um, important juncture and lots as usual going on in the border. Uh, you know, and I really hope that over the next couple of years we have um, the opportunity to uh, influence policy, both at the national and at the state level, um, to help our, our communities on the border uh, be as prosperous as possible and, and continue to grow. Thank you. And so for our viewers, most of whom or, or listeners, and uh, if we do a tech story on this, most of our listeners uh, are in the Rio Grande Valley. They may not have heard of you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how long have you been a commissioner and what's your, what's your background? Sure. sure. So um, I'm originally from Wyoming um, and I went to college at the University of New Mexico, have a bachelor's degree in Latin American studies in Spanish, a master's degree in Latin American studies with a major concentration in Brazilian culture and literature and international business. Um, as I was in college, finishing up my, my, my uh, master's at UNM in, in Albuquerque, uh, University of New Mexico, um, started a, a, a journalism career. I started uh, working in broadcast journalism with the Univision affiliate there, worked for the NBC affiliate for a couple of years, got out of TV for, for a while, went to uh, Washington, D.C. to work for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Uh, I, I was the communications coordinator for their campaign, Justice for Immigrants. Uh, then I got a call from some folks in uh, Oklahoma City to go help start up the first Spanish-language newscast with Telemundo in Oklahoma City. was there for three years, and then I ended up in, in, uh, in El Paso, Texas, with a job in 2010 with the Univision affiliate there. Um, I, I worked there for a little over a year and then was um, offered a, an opportunity to work for a state senator, doing bi, bi, bilingual communications, bi-national affairs. Uh, Jose Rodriguez is his name. He just retired uh, not too long ago. And uh, you know, I worked for him for four years and then I decided to run for office. You know, as I was in his in his office, I got involved with the Democratic Party, became a, a precinct chair, worked on a number of campaigns. I you know, saw that younger people weren't, weren't as involved as, as I would have hoped, weren't voting as... It, 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 
as as much as I would hope. And you know, I also really started paying close attention to the folks who represented me at all levels of government. And uh, I didn't think that the county commissioner at that point in time was doing a great job. And so I thought someone should run against him. You know, I mm-hmm. tried to recruit recruit people and couldn't get anybody to do it. And so one day it just dawned on me, maybe I should try it myself. And so mm-hmm. I talked to the senator, let him know that I was interested in in running, and we ran a campaign. And uh, he, uh, you know was nice enough to support me with that. And I won my, I think by 37 votes in uh, the election in 20, um, in 2014 and uh, started my career as a commissioner in 2015. So I, I'm just finishing up my second term, eight years. And I uh, was just reelected in this uh, uh, most recent election to a third term. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, you know, excited to be able to continue to, to represent my community um, you know, I love living on the border. Uh, you know, I, I didn't expect to live in El Paso for for more than a couple of years when I was a journalist. As you know, as you probably know, you know, it's it's uh, a career that you jump around a lot, to, you move around a lot uh, to, to to be able to move up. And uh, but you know, um, I, I really I really love living on the border. I love the dynamic of the border. I love the you know just the bicultural. Uh, binational um, uh, dynamic. I spend I spend a lot of time in Ciudad Juarez. Uh, you know, uh, have lots of lots of friends over there. I, you know, I lived in Ciudad Juarez when I was in college. I did a border studies program. That's kind of what what led me to want to work in the borderland in the first place um, when I when I was a journalist. And so um, I've, I've been been very blessed to to be to be able to. Uh, work in this capacity um you know uh, and we've done a lot of work with with border of course border issues immigration uh, and, and the such i also uh this year am the chair of the national association of counties immigration reform task force and so that's i think uh, great that i'm i'm able to uh, lead both of these organizations in 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 this area um but that's 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 in a nutshell what fantastic a uh, little bit about me Thank you. So tell us, first of all, why is the Texas Border Coalition important? Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's really important um, for, I, I think, for border communities to have a unified voice when we are advocating for different policies uh, and, and, and things that are beneficial for uh, for our regions, right? I mean, of course, the border is not a monolith. We, uh, you know, we have lots of differences in, in, uh, amongst the cities, you know, from El Paso, you know, down to Laredo and, and, and Brownsville and such. Um, but, you know, we, we have, we have very many things in common. Uh, and, and, you know, we've, I think, found that having a unified voice and, and being supportive of one another is really beneficial and, and, and helps elevate the issues and the things that we need you know whether it's uh, education and workforce issues, healthcare, uh, border management, uh, economic development, transportation—all of these things, um, you know, uh, are, are are so important to uh, the border region. And you know, it's it's great to have an organization like the TBC to to be able to bring us together to talk about uh, what what we want to. Uh, push for at the state and national level, and get these things uh, get these things done, and 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 really put put our region on 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 the map, and and make people uh, think about what's going on down here. Yeah, yeah. Well, like 
as you know, there's so much misinformation and uh, a, a lack of appreciation of, of so what, what, life, yeah, <laughs> what life is like on the border. So let's dive into this uh, this new white paper that you've put out. As I, as I understand it, it's called Texas Borders History Policy and Management, and um, yeah. and I'd like to it's uh, reading briefly, you know, reading through it rather quickly. There's a lot of history, very very interesting history that you've as a group put together. Um, but you say, when, when we get down to the proposals, you say that you've put a package of discrete proposals that command bipartisan support. In other words, you've picked uh, some policy issues that should, shouldn't, you shouldn't have any problems with, uh, you would think, and, and you want to get these um, policies adopted by Congress, passed by Congress, in this lame duck Congress. That's, that's how right. it reads. Um, right. Congress has such a poor record of passing any legislation with the word immigration in it. So, I mean, you may have picked some subjects that, like you say, have got, and we'll run through them in a minute, but that they do support, they do have bipartisan support, but there just doesn't seem to be any history in recent years of anything getting through. So you've got a new approach here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember when I was working in Washington, D.C. for the for the Conference of Catholic Bishops back in 2006, 2007. Uh, that was the last time this country actually had any meaningful conversation about immigration reform. Uh, and, you know, we've, and, and it seems, you know, we've, we've really uh, pushed for a more comprehensive approach, trying to trying to, you know, have uh, all of these policies, you know, kind of lumped into one one, one large approach, and uh, it seems like that has not been working very well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I remember the discussion back then, uh, uh, and it continues to be now, uh, which, you know, was would be before we do any, any, any type of reform, we need to make sure that the border is secure. Uh, and and uh, that's a very uh, um, difficult thing to define in my opinion what you know border what border security is for 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 one person it may be one thing and for another it may be another and so you know i think we also are, are pushing to to try to stay away from that you know security first type of policy um you know we i, I think that um uh there was a lot seated back in back in those days to this type of approach and the federal government has bulked up tremendously the number of boots on the ground when it comes to the border patrol you know the department of homeland security has I, I one of the largest budgets in the federal in the federal government and and uh we still uh see uh people coming across and we still we, and so i think that with this white paper we wanted to really um you know uh, make you know tell you know Talk to talk to, to to policymakers, and you know, it's a this is a very powerful political issue, and and it provokes lots of polarization uh, among both among both parties. Uh, but and and a lot of times people look at look to oversimplify this very complicated and intertwined issue that involves things like sovereignty, that involves human rights, communities, economic development, law enforcement, but. You know, within this white paper, you know, we, we also talk about how uh, many times the human impact on uh, migrants who are vilified 
by some for political gain is often overlooked uh and and we just want to you know put put forth you know the notion that partisanship should not play a role in solving this immigration and border management problem um i know that the 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 texas border coalition has advocated for years that the most important factors for improving the uh, you know the border security uh, are adopting immigration reforms that provide legal avenues for workers to enter the united states when needed you know and that would allow border officials to be more focused on uh, and, and more, focus more of their resources on you know the the criminal and, and terroristic threats that may that may exist um so we you know we're we're pushing for congress to avoid the comprehensive legislative approach that you know has pretty much doomed the prior efforts you know it, rather than rallying the support of disparate interests the comprehensive approach has rallied opponents and so you know we're we're asking congress to approach these reforms um uh and, and adopt as, as you said earlier this package of, of um distinct proposals that have bipartisan support um you know in addition to this incremental approach uh again we want to keep away from this trap of security first yeah. an exclusive focus on this immigration reform and enforcement um policy has uh, as demonstrated by results over the past several decades, is not resulting in an orderly or fair immigration process. So, um, you know, on the top of the on the top of the list that we know are bipart you know have bipartisan support, uh, you know, is the proposal to uh, to uh, take care of the dreamers that that are in this in this country and provide legal status for those those folks that entered this country as children. Um, you know, another another policy that we talk about in the white paper uh, is the the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, which would stabilize the agricultural workforce. And uh, you know, uh, you know, half of that workforce is undocumented. And, and and as I told you earlier, I serve on the NACO Immigration Reform Task Force, and you know that 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 organization that organization is, is made up of folks from counties across the country and uh, urban, rural, and it seems to me that uh folks that are that all the all these folks are also advocating for this as well because there are farmers and ranchers and and folks in the construction industry that that are uh having difficulties because they cannot find laborers to work on their work in their fields or or to help build the 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 buildings that they're trying to put together and and you know these the, this type of um legislation would help uh, would help with that. Yeah. Um, the, when it comes to healthcare workers, um, the the Healthcare Workforce Resilience Act uh, would would help assign unused visas for up to fifteen thousand physicians or twenty five thousand nurses who are immigrants, and that's something that's huge, especially in the border. You know, on, on tech, you know, El Paso County is one of the most medically underserved communities. Uh, in Texas, and you know that would really help alleviate our healthcare provider shortages mm -hmm. that were exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, you know, the uh, along the same lines, the Conrad State Thirty and Physicians uh, Physician Access Reauthorization Act would also waive the requirement that foreign medical student graduates uh, have to return to their home countries for two years before they're eligible to apply for an immigrant visa or permanent residence. Um, provided that they work in medically underserved areas. Yeah. Uh, so
So, you know, these are, these, I think are, are pieces of legislative, you know, p- proposals that, that, um, have bipartisan support, uh, and Congress can really begin to work on building a foundation that makes our, our immigration system functional again. Yeah. So you, you want to, to do this incrementally, um, like you say, with these proposals that previously have had bipartisan support, but you, I'm not sure if it was in the white paper, but it may have been in the press release from, from the TBC. That doesn't mean that you don't, as a group, support comprehensive immigration reform. You very much do, and we, sure. that, that should be put out on record. You haven't dropped that that uh, wish at all, but uh, just to get get some improvement made, uh, you're, you're taking sort of bite-sized um, bite-sized um, bites at it, right? Right. Obviously, in a perfect world, we would get all of these, you know, all of these things done. You know, we would have comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, but, you know, and, 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 and I don't think we, we need to forget about that. But these, you know, these are these are what we, you know, what we call song, what, what we consider, you know, if, if you can call it this, you know, the low hanging fruit, <laughs> right, that, that already have bipartisan support that should be should be easier to get across the finish line. Yeah, yeah. And so you mentioned the three uh, immigration, or maybe four, there's a couple of health ones there, but the DREAM Act, Farm Work mm-hmm. Workforce Modernization Act, Healthcare Workforce Resilience Act, and there was another one you just mentioned there. So like four immigration proposals. And then on the mm-hmm. security side, border management proposals, I saw two. And I wonder if you could just go through what, what these two uh, acts would do. One was called the is called the Bipartisan Border Solutions Act, and the other is called Secured America's Ports of Entry Act. Just to tell tell the listeners a little bit about those two proposals and they, how they would improve uh, secure the security of the border. Uh, yeah. So uh, the I, I think the idea that we want that we want to get across is is um, you know, we want to we want to stay away from you know the security first um, uh, you know push before we start looking at some of the, some of these other things. But um, you know, we obviously our borders need to be need need to be secure, and and but you're you're not you're never going to have a secure border if if you don't look at what the push and pull factors are and 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 really understand uh, you know why people are coming to. To this country, uh, and, and you know, I, I think that uh, when we, when, when, if we're investing more uh, in in our in our ports of entry, if we're if we're doing things that that help um, uh, ease, you know, cross border cross border commerce, uh, and, and you know, make make that uh, you know some of some of the uh, take take away take 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 some of the uh um you know uh, activities that that are that that are really hindering uh that from being successful out of the mix then you know it it, it is can be very beneficial to to our border communities as yeah. well um well thank you for explaining that uh something i learned i was not aware of this it, but in your white paper uh, it states, and I didn't know this, despite the overwhelmingly negative media coverage of border issues, 
the estimated number of entries without inspection are far below the levels observed in the in the 2000s so uh, the white paper says that um, D, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, Customs Border Protection are doing a far better job of um, capturing uh, migrants crossing without without documentation. And so, but we wouldn't know that uh, just you know watching the watching the news um, or or reading news accounts. It you know it, uh, there's so much talk about open borders, but apparently um, you say in there as I say. Um, the estimated number of entries were that that had not been inspected far below the levels of, of, of early 2000s or the period between 2000 and 2010. Can you speak to that? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think when you you hear in the news recently, for example, you know, that we, we've had the you know, this, this large number of encounters uh, you know, a lot of times it's not parsed out that um, some of these are uh, encounters with, with, uh, I guess, uh, people who, or I mean, one person more than one time, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and 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 so, I, th- I think that's an important uh, issue to point out, right? And, and 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 as the as the white paper states, and as you as you pointed out. Um, you know, uh, we we're 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 seeing a, a lower a lower number of, of folks actually coming across, and um and 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 you know, and changes too in in, in where they're coming from, right? Uh, for example, uh, I, I understand that uh, Mexican immigration or, or Mexican folks coming is is basically net zero, or, or there are more folks going back to Mexico than there are coming on a yearly basis. Uh, whether they're whether they're documented or undocumented, right? And so, I think those are all important details when we're when we're discussing this, and and we, we have to point those things out because, uh, as you said, uh, there's just lots of misinformation that that is being put out there, and and really, it, in my opinion, many times purposefully to to try and scare communities into. Uh, being opposed to 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 some of the things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so thank you for explaining everything that's in this very extensive uh, white paper. So now you've published it, and the the next move I imagine would be for you as a group to 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 get up to Congress and uh, try to lobby uh, the the House members and the senators to pass something. You're hoping they would pass these proposals in the lame duck. Congress, as I said at the beginning, that Congress never seems to do anything on immigration. Um, you know, <laughs> w- what are your chances? I mean, where do you go from here? Well, you know, we uh, we are definitely planning on on uh, getting this to to the members in in Congress, and and you know, we have folks on the ground in Washington D.C. Uh, that are working working with us to you know make sure that this is disseminated widely amongst the members of Congress. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to follow up, reach out with the, with, with folks. Um, you know, we've got very little time until the, the new Congress comes in. And so we've got to, uh, have, have a sense of urgency here, I believe. And, 
um, you know, but but uh, it's it's hard to tell what the what the chances are. You know, as you said, it's been difficult in Congress, but um, you know, I, I think that this is a new uh, kind of a different approach and uh, really really concentrating on these things that uh, again have had bipartisan support um, and growing support, and so you know, we we would we would hope that that we can we can make some inroads here and that we can be successful in getting some of these things done. Well, Commissioner, thank you so much. And Chairman uh, Stout, thank you so much. Anything mm -hmm. else you want yes. to add? Um, I don't I don't I don't believe so. And you know, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you about this and and uh, you know get this get this out there and, and you know let's uh, Maybe we'll have something something positive to talk about at the end of the year, and and, and we can yeah. we can uh, you know be uh, celebrate a little bit with with some with, with getting some of these things passed. You know, we the reason we we did this is you know it, it's important to put history the history into context. is It's important to put uh, you know the hum, you know the the human aspect in this. We, it's important to understand the you know the societal issues and uh, you know it, it, at the end of the day we're talking about uh people these are not just numbers and you know we have to we have to always keep that in mind when we're when we're legislating regarding regarding the lives and uh, of these folks well el paso city commissioner and texas border coalition chairman david stout thank you so much for today's interview thank you so much i appreciate it the newly appointed chairman of the texas border coalition david stout is a city commissioner for the city of el paso prior to chairman david stout cameron county judge eddie trevino served as border coalition chairman i'm mario munoz reporting for the rio grande guardian international news service